Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. Hello. All right, time for a Monday edition here of Holding Court, and we had quite a weekend uh, on the men's side especially. Also, one big event on the women's side in Mexico. Well, let's start uh, with the men and Felix Auger-Aliassime winning the title this past week, uh, taking out American Sebastian Corda in the championship match there in Antwerp. Uh, so stakes getting higher as the Turin race continues to heat up. Uh, the race to turn, of course, the top eight male players will play in the year-end championships for the men. And now with winning uh, those back-to-back titles for OJ Aliasim, Basel, and Vienna happening, by the way, this week, uh, OJ Aliasim has put himself in the driver's seat for that final spot. Now he's at number seven. Uh, on the listing of points for this year. Got Medvedev at five, Rublev at six. Pretty comfortable positions for them. Ojeh Aliasim at seven. As I said, yes, it's eight players, but Djokovic, who's currently in the 10th position because he won a major, uh, if you win a major and as long as you finish in the top 20 in the points race, you would automatically get in. Of course, Djokovic not getting the points, for winning Wimbledon. So he's in 10th at 27-20. That's his total points. If he were uh, with those 2,000 Wimbledon points, let's see, he'd be at 47-20, which I'll take a quick look at that to see where that would put him. Uh, I'm going to say three, I believe, behind Alcaraz and Rafa, of course, who won two majors, Alcaraz winning the one at the U.S. Open, Rafa winning two at the French and at Australia. Yeah, so it's Alcaraz, Nadal. Rude's got 5,600 points. Well, actually, Djokovic wouldn't even pass him uh, if you put those. Oh, no, he, let's see. He's at 2770. That's current points um, for this year. Let's see. I'm looking at the overall rankings. Yeah, that's here's the rankings of this year. All right, this is better. Sorry. Uh, so now I've got the points just accumulated this year. So if Djokovic had the 2,000, he'd be at 47.20. He'd still be behind um, Sitsipas and Root, interestingly. So he'd be, you know, obviously you got to put in the points for the other players. I'm just, this is just off the top of my head here. Uh, anyway, Djokovic will be in, which he should be. Uh, of course, looking unbelievably good since uh, he started playing again. Uh, you've got Basel, Vienna coming up, as I said, this week. Djokovic is not playing this week. Uh, he will play in Paris, which is in a week. The Paris Masters uh, coming up. That's the last big Masters event. But you got two 500s this week. So Fritz just had a win today in his opening match uh Playing today, where is he? He is, I believe, in uh, Vienna. He beat uh, Nishioka 6-3 in the third. So he had a little break after his win in Tokyo. So he's still got a shot there to catch Oje Aliassim, but he's about hmm, he's about 300-plus oh, points behind Felix. So he'd have to make at least a final um, of this to, yeah, because it's 500 to win it. 
going to be tricky for him to catch Felix, assuming uh, Felix does something this week. Uh, then, of course, you know, it could change in Paris because there you can get 1,000 points. So whoever could win that, you got Hercotch, who's just behind Fritz. Uh, and the next one in the hunt, uh, Nori's next. He's behind Djokovic and Zverev. Uh, Zverev, of course, still injured. He's at 2,400 points. So that's going to be tricky. That'd be, have to be basically a win for him in uh, Paris to get there. So it was, uh, as I mentioned over the weekend on Twitter, it was nice to see the young players, Runa, uh, Holger Runa from uh, Norway winning the title in Stockholm against Sitsipas, who's just been very consistent all year, but, you know, lacking a little bit uh, in the big events, certainly, and also in, in finals. He's won a couple of titles this year, according to, the, of course, a big one. Uh, he had the run to the final in Cincinnati. Uh, did he win that? Did Sitsipas win that? I can't remember. I know he beat Medvedev in the semis. Oh, no, then he lost to Chorch. Yeah, he lost to Chorch. That's what I was saying. He's you know, kind of coming up a little bit short in some of the finals uh, this year. Medvedev, he's in there. Uh, I don't know where he's playing this week. Uh, let's see. Medvedev. and oh, Medvedev's playing this week in Vienna, as in Rublev, as is Rublev. Uh, anyway, Runa over Sitsipas. I watched some of that on Tennis Channel. Boy, just blasting the ball. It was four and four in the championship match there. He got a break really early in each set. Uh, and then the other one was a battle of the Italians, which was fitting that it was in Naples outdoors, that tournament, with uh, Musetti defeating Berrettini in the championship match there. So you've got Musetti, who is, I believe he's 20 now. You've got, uh, let's see, Ojeale seems 22 as I mentioned in my uh, tweet over the uh, yesterday on Saturday. And you've got Musetti, who's 20, and Runa, who's 19, not to mention also playing some young guys in the final. I mean, Berrettini's still pretty young. What's he, 24? Sitsipas, the same. And then, of course, Sebastian Corda, who backed up his run to the final the week prior to win, get to another final. So he's looking... Very, very strong um, as he's sort of, I think, starting to find his A game here towards the end of the year. So uh, as far as the race to Turin goes, you got Fritz been off for a couple of weeks. So he went back home after winning Tokyo um, and he had a tight win today, which a long match actually he had today in Vienna, as I told you, who did he play? He had a win over, where's that score from Taylor Fritz? Find that here as I scroll around. That was in Vienna. That was completed. And that was Fritz oh, over Nishioka. Tight match. Went almost two hours, 44 minutes. 6-7, six, 7-6, seven, seven, six, six, for Fritz. Also, Chorich over Halli uh, of France. Chorich, of course, as I said, had the big win in Cincy earlier this summer. Uh, then you had Hatchinoff taking out J.J. Wolf, 7-6-7-5. By the way, speaking of J.J. Wolf, I mentioned him on a podcast that I recorded earlier today that I will put out for you tomorrow, Tuesday. Fascinating uh, discussion with a sports attorney named Richard Kent who... Uh, sort of talk to me about the NILs in the NCAA world of college athletics. Uh, name 
uh, image and likeness is what NIL stands for. So that's where you know uh, college athletes can basically make money uh, through uh, this program in college athletics. So we talked a lot about that. I learned a lot about how that's playing out right now. But really what I wanted to get to also was how this could potentially impact the tennis community and college tennis specifically. So Richard had some great insight on that. Actually, some what I thought was relatively positive news, at least from the perspective I see it at, because I've been worried about where college tennis goes and, and of course, more players going uh, uh, lately, I think, to go play used college tennis route. And by the way, you've got to continue with Fitbiomics with Nella. I've been taking it. It is absolutely amazing, okay? And I want you to go to the website, fitbiomics.com, and I want you to put in the code for Nella, PMAC25, P-M-A-C-25, and get your discount. Because I know there was a time this summer when it wasn't in stock, but it's back. That's because everybody loves it. So keep it going. I've been taking it for the last few months, feeling amazing. Still got to work on my sugar intake, cut that down. I'm going to get there. But Nella, the product, is next level. So again, use the code PMAC25 and you will be locked in. So it was a great week for the ATP. Uh, The other tweet I put out over the weekend was turning on the television. And unfortunately, all three finals in Europe, then this on the men's side, were all played at the same time. Fortunately, as I scrolled around or as, as Tennis Channel scrolled around for me, I saw that each of the venues was absolutely 100% packed. I mean, you couldn't, fight, you couldn't see a seat anywhere. So that was in, uh, in Italy, in Naples, uh, in Stockholm, in Sweden, and then in Antwerp, in Belgium. So the atmospheres in all those places was phenomenal. You expected in Italy with the two Italians, although, you know, Italy's just, you know, they're, they're pouring a lot of money into the pro tour now. They had, in the past done a lot of smaller events to help their players emerge over the last 10, 15 years. Of course, they've always had the big one, the Italian Open in Rome, but now you're seeing Naples. Obviously, they've got the big one in Turin now. Uh, There's been multiple other events in Italy, you know, 250s, uh, 500s. I don't know if any 500s, a couple 250s. So you're seeing the success of their players pay off with events in Italy uh, on the pro side, and that's a good sign. Uh, Belgium, you know, they've never had too many players. Of course, they had um, uh, Gauvin. They had the Rokas brothers uh, back in the day. Uh, But they're just, they love tennis there, uh, as they do in Sweden, which, of course, they got the Emer brothers, who both won a couple of matches this uh, tournament, including one of them, I think, took out Tiafo, right? Tiafo and Tommy Paul, two of the top young Americans, went out there in that tournament. And of course, it ended up being a Sitsipas Haruna uh, championship match there. So Europe uh, supporting these events post US Open extremely well. Of course, here in the United States, uh, tennis 
doesn't disappear, but it certainly from, from big time coverage, it does, you know, with football and now college football taking over the NBA, getting started the major league playoffs and my Yankees in the shitter, uh, four straight losing to Houston. So I was teasing a friend of mine who lives out in San Diego that if, if it's a Padres and Yankees, you know, maybe I'll make a trip out to the West coast. Of course, neither team, uh, putting up much of a fight in the uh, championship series. So the Yankees got to go back to the drawing board, had a great year. But I mean, let's say, I mean, it's obvious they don't have enough sporadic hitting. It's a home run or bust. Uh, I guess it worked for Houston because they had a little bit of that as well, but just seemed to have a few more ways to beat you, better bullpen overall. Uh, so the Yankees are left with uh, their tails between their legs, losing four straight to the Houston Astros. So it'll be Houston and Philly, the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, in the World Series. As for my New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 can you believe it? Four in a row? Hello? Four wins in a row for my New York Jets as they take care of business out in Denver. Not pretty, but get the job done as they needed to do. On the road, two-and-a-half-point favorite, win the game, so they moved to five and two. The Giants with a big win at home. So they moved to six and one. So I can't remember the last time both teams in New York uh, have been at, at this level. So combined uh, 11 and three. Cannot believe that. So, you know, a lot of people think the experts think the Jets may be even better. You know, I know the Giants are six and one, but a lot of people thinking the Jets looking like a stronger team with the young guys, both on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, playing with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, but a lot of buzz. So there's not as much buzz in the tennis world. We got to give a little shout out, though, to Jess Pagula for winning uh, the event on the women's side, a big one, the Guadalajara Open uh, over Sakari in the championship match, or Sakari, however we say it, two and three in the final. Sakari, of course, by getting that far, uh, particularly the win where she uh, was in the quarters, I believe, uh, where she beat Kudermertova, that solidified her spot in the final eight uh, for the women's year-end championships, which actually starts in a week down in Texas. Uh, let me see if I have the eight players here uh, so I can give that to you. That should be interesting. So WTA, singles race. So here we go. Sviantek, obviously, with a massive lead. I mean, see the number of points she has? She's more than well more than double who's second, which is Jabor. Pagula now goes into third. Unbelievable. I mean, you got to just tip your cap to this uh, young woman who, uh, you know, didn't start coming into her own until her mid to late 20s. And here she is, I mean, just solidly three in the world ahead of her doubles partner, well ahead of Coco Goff, about 1,100 points ahead. Um, Sakari made a big move, actually went up five spots. That shows you how close they are. Really, from, from Goff at four down to. You know, the nine spot where Kudamertova ended up with 2,700 points, pretty bunched up there. Garcia is right at 3,000 points. She's at six. Sabalenka at seven. And Kazakina at eight. So a lot of the, you know, the, the sort of bigger names, I guess, if you will. You know, Halep, when we discussed that situation with the... Uh, 
with the drug, the positive drug test. So we'll get into that, obviously, as it unfolds. We talked enough about that in the previous podcast. Actually, Madison Keys finishing pretty well at 11. Uh, <clears throat> Benchich at 12. Bedosa, she remember, wasn't she seated two at the U.S. Open? That's what's crazy to me about women's tennis is that she, she was seated two at the Open, and now she's 13. This is in the race. Uh, this year, let me see what the overall ranking has Bedosa at right now. Bedosa is, you know, usually it starts to be even. Yeah, she's 12. So it usually by the end of the year, it starts to even out because then the points are all the same because, uh, you know, when they carry over from the year before, then it has a little bit more of an impact. So the, 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 the rankings are looking very similar uh, on the WTA singles as, as are they are in the race. So I'll stick with the race. Uh, and see where else we are. Who else was in there? That's interesting. I mean, they're all interesting. Collins finishing at 14. Kvitova, 15. Contivate. She was the two-seed, I'm sorry, because remember she had the match with Serena. So we were all talking about that. But Dosa was, what, maybe three or four? Haddad Maya, 17. Ostapenko, 18. Alex, uh, Katerina Alexandrova, Sam Sanova, both those uh, players, uh, Russians. Uh, is one of them Belarusian? I think they're both Russian. Uh, yeah, Belar- uh, so they didn't also didn't play Wimbledon. So Rabakina, who of course uh, plays for Kazakhstan at twenty-one. So let's just for the fun of it say if she'd won the gotten the two thousand points, she's at eighteen sixty. She would have been at thirty-eight sixty. Oh, she would have been way in there. In fact, she'd be five in the world. She'd be right behind Pagula and in front of Goff. Again, I could be a little off because I'm missing other players who may have gotten, you know, but 2,000 points is what you get for winning a major. So uh, just, again, tip of the cap to Jessica Pagula for just kind of under the radar through much of her career, really. Um, And now she's at number three in the world and winning the big title uh, in, uh, in Mexico this past week. So that'll be the WTA finals. We'll be going on the same week as the men's, uh, final masters event, which is in, uh, Paris. And then there's a week off for the men as they get set, uh, in Turin for the year end championship. So it looks like OJ Aliasim, uh, has going to secure that final spot. But again, a few things could happen. So we'll keep an eye on how things transpire this week on the tour. Uh, in Basel and in Vienna, two five hundreds, so slightly bigger events uh, than we saw this past week. Good to see Dominic Team playing well again. He had a big win over Hercotch, uh before losing uh, late in the tournament in this past week. Uh, I watched that match. Who did he lose to again? Let me look that up because I was watching him and he was playing very, very well. Uh, Mr. Dominic team. We were in, was it, he was in Antwerp. Yeah, he was in Antwerp and he lost to, oh, to Corda, right. Yeah, I went to a breaker in the third. Seven, six team, six, three Corda, and then seven, six, seven, four in the breaker. Gasquet, the veteran, I mean, just keeps plugging away. Uh, got to the semifinals there as well. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, it was Oje Aliasim over Seb Corda 
in the championship match there. So some good tennis being played over in Europe on the men's side here in North America. We'll get set for the year in championships on the women. Uh, again, big podcast up tomorrow. We'll be with Richard Kent uh, on college athletics and this new name, image, likeness, uh, how that will affect big-time college sports, but also how that will affect potentially tennis players and college tennis as well. I learned a couple new things that I wasn't expecting as well, so I think you will appreciate that related to Ivy League tennis, foreign players as well. That topic came up, so you will enjoy that one. Hope you enjoyed this little quick recap on a Monday. Here, Patrick McEnroe here, Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Media.